Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast with Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk about, what is it, on-time delivery, um, the food just supply. Just-in-time manufacturing. Just-in-time manufacturing. Um, basically, how we get our groceries, how fragile is our whole food supply, and really how fragile is it, you know, anything, any of our products. You know, are, are we right. going to thrive and live forever? Um you know, whatever, who knows? But let's kind of dig deep and see like exactly what we're dealing with. So what is just-in-time manufacturing, Kevin? Just-in-time manufacturing. So it's a production model in which items are created to meet demand, not created in surplus in advance. So basically uh, you get the orders and then you produce it. This saves a lot of money on... um on basically warehouse space. What it what it's doing is is saving all that storage space, the cost. So um, this was like a, a great model when everything works perfectly. This is like a great model and saves a lot of money and and makes a lot of money for the manufacturer. But right. um, doesn't work out when when supply chain issues start happening. Um, you don't have any surplus stock to manufacture you know items with and if those those uh, raw materials stop showing up, you're just out of luck, and you've got you've got people or making orders and nothing being produced to to fill those orders. Um, that's why you see a lot of stuff. Um, you'll you'll order it. I've been dealing with this with work. You'll order it, and they'll say, "Yeah, we can get it to you in six months." You know, a lot of I was I ordered uh, some grease. Um, took three months to get get to me. And every time yeah. I'd call, they'd be like, oh, it's going to be two more weeks. 
but they just kept saying that over and over again, right. you know? And I think a lot of people, you know, I don't, I think if you asked around, a lot of people have experienced similar things right now. You can't get what you order immediately. Most, most of the, most of the things you're after, they're not in stock. So this actually came about, it used to be called the uh, Toyota model. Um, it was actually the Japanese. Right. And I think that it may have, remember after World War II, we went over and kind of trained the Japanese in our best business models, but somehow we didn't train mm -hmm. America on our best business models. I haven't really figured that one out. Like we went over and we're yeah. like, hey, you know how you guys could kick our ass? And they were like, yeah, tell us, that'd be great. And they were like, do this. <laughs> yeah. It worked out all through the 90s. You remember that? And they went back to the American colleges and they're like, don't do this. But you know what we're showing the Japanese? Fucking amazing shit. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So I may or may not work for a certain engine manufacturer that right. is very worried about these concepts. And it's kind of weird because one, the supply chain issues are exactly what you're saying. You know, it, it just takes one part. You know, if you can't get carburetors for your Chevy 350, then it's hard to put out Chevy 350s. You know, I mean, that that's kind of how that works. But they also, the big thing is like storage. So if you imagine engines and how big they are to store once they're completed, it becomes insane. And you're like, oh, we have an extra thousand engines Let's just stick them in the hallways in the factory and hide them in every corner and, and tell everybody, hey, right. you're not allowed to have toolboxes in the plant because you're... Now, mind you, the company pays for the toolboxes and puts them in the plant. And then they're like, you can't have those. We don't have that kind of space. So I should mm -hmm. take all yeah. my toolboxes home? Yeah, that would be best. Just get them out of here. We can't, we can't have this crap taking mm -hmm. up space. And that's... Believe it right. or not, you get once a product's finished, you get taxed on it. And so that's really? the big thing is you don't want to have finished products sitting in your inventory because that becomes your liability kind of thing. Um, right. The other thing that a smart company does, and there's a lot of companies out there that are doing this, is they actually buy their suppliers. So if you make the computer chip that, you know, whatever, believe it or not, like, um, I, I don't want to give away too much information, but I heard about a company that when the pandemic hit and they were like, hey, we're going to need masks for all our employees and we're going to need all this stuff. The, this company actually went out and bought a like 50% share of 3M who was making masks. And said, fuck you, I'm not going to run out of masks because I own the mask maker, you know? And that's right. the kind of business model that a lot of these companies are trying to do is protect because of just-in-time manufacturing. Just-in-time, you mm -hmm. run the risk of if there's a big demand, hey, we need, you know, toilet paper and, uh, well, then, you know, all of a sudden that shit's not available. Nobody's allowed to shit at work. Well, you got a problem. You know, you have to bring your squares from home. That, that's not going to be good. You know, we're setting up a whole bidet system or who knows what. Now, we, <laughs> they, they don't have that at, at my company. I'm just saying <clears throat> hypothetically. 
in, in a in a whatever world. One of the other things, though, in my mind, companies can get kind of carried away with this. So the beauty of just in time is if you order a Chevy 350 that you want to be 416 horsepower, they can make that with the new like CNC machines and, and like that, where they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. we're going to print out that engine. And then, right. And then the next day, somebody's like, wait, wait, I want three fifties that are only 350 horsepower, but get 30 miles to the gallon. And then you're like, all right, we can mm-hmm. do that. And they print those out and make those work. Um, the problem is when you do it that way, you can get like 50 engines a day. Whereas if you have the mass production where everything's the same, you can do three or 400 a day. So you have to kind of know what your staples are, your bread and butter. And, you know, kind of actually, I think the numbers actually work out to be like 50 a day versus like 700 a day. And it's like, gee, you know, 700 of our... You know, the Model T in black, if we can make 700 Model Ts in black, or we can make a, a Mustang, a Camaro, or, an, or a, well, I guess whatever, a Mustang, a Ford Focus, and a Mustang minivan, whatever the fuck that is, and uh, all in the same day, then, you know, but we can only make 20 of those. I just made that up. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, we we live in an ugly world, Kevin. That's all I can tell you. There's a lot of frightening oh, things, things out there. Things are worse than I thought. <laughs> things are just terrifying. But the idea oh, that you can do everything. So the the point is, you could have a million of the same thing and be fast and efficient, or you can be specific. Now. Our bigger concern, like, obviously, we worry about our whole supply chain. You know, I mean, all these things matter to us. Um, and there's a lot of things outside what you expect. Like, hey, fertilizer is a big thing that's important to me in my life. You're like, well, I'm not buying fertilizer, but you're eating, mm-hmm. you know, wheat products, right? And you're eating corn products, and you have ethanol in your gas tank, and you don't want ethanol in your gas tank, but the government demands you have ethanol in your gas tank. Um, that shit comes from corn. That shit needs fertilizer. Um, you know, these are things that come into play and, and make a big difference in this. So now how this all applies to the grocery store, that's a whole other, you know, ball of wax. Now the grocery store they're getting restocked like instantly. And, and that's that's the beauty. So right. it basically goes from the factory or the farm, right? Whether it's fresh produce or whether it's people making Oreos in at Nabisco. Um, then it goes on a truck. It goes to a distribution center. The distribution center actually cracks open all the pallets. So you get a pallet of Oreos and then they open up the pallet of Oreos And they send it so that it's, you know, 50 bags of Oreos go to this grocery store, 50 to that one. And they actually break it into pallets to send to the smaller stores. And then Mm -hmm. that gets, once it's sorted on pallets, 
it gets shipped to the individual stores, you know, back on trucks and redistributed. So that way, that's how you can be in, you know, New York City and have fresh orange juice, you know, in the wintertime, right? Because right. it basically, you know, it comes from the different parts of the world or, you know, grapes. Grapes were the big example I saw in in one of the things. And, you know, there there's like three different regions of where you can grow grapes, but you get from a different time from each season. And, and that way you can always have something fresh. Well, that's amazing, right? A lot of this stuff has a very short shelf life, yet you're able to sell your product, for one, to a huge market, you know, all over the country when you're the grape producer, but you're also able to... Uh, you know, have anything on your breakfast table. And that's what's amazing. The problem is, along with the good, you get the bad. So you get the good fresh, but you got to realize you're one problem away, you know, from your shit getting to the grocery store. And usually grocery stores, if they're not restocked every single day, they're restocked by at a maximum every third day would be the longest that you would go. And that's huge. You know, if your store only has three days worth of food, if gas prices go up, there's a big earthquake. We have a big snowstorm where trucks can't get in for a week. It happens sometimes, you know, usually it's a day or two, Mm -hmm. but you know, these things happen. We have a power outage for three or four days. Um, that grocery store, plus we honestly, we know the human nature and the way people hoard things the way when, oh, I hear a big storm's coming. Let me go buy all the bread, all the, you know, the, whatever they buy, I guess they buy bread, peanut butter, eggs, and milk, I think is what, you know, people go buy when there's a hurricane coming. Cause I know I can live forever on bread and peanut butter and you know, you probably could, but you know, hey, whatever, each their own. Um, the thing is, right. that's cool, and it's great that we can get it, but it's it makes it such a fragile system. Um, the stores have all kinds of stuff, and it, it really is like an amazing process. You know, and, and they actually will pay extra just to have different varieties or whatever to be able to beat out Walmart or Target you know, you might be able to get your favorite salsa or whatever. I mean, you can get some really exotic, specific stuff at, you know, at at your grocery store. But because of the way the system's set up, it's such a delicate balance. Now, the way the inventory works, like some people have software that just says, all right, on average, we sell this much. Usually it'll accommodate for the seasons. You know, oh, the 4th of July, you're going to have extra hot dogs and s'more stuff, you know, marshmallows and chocolate bars and graham crackers. Um, It'll know, you know, hey, winter's coming up. We need to have eggnog. We need to have, you know, whatever bullshit. Easter's coming up. We need to have a ham, you know, have extra hams. The software will usually accommodate for that, but it's rare that people pay the extra to have ones that kind of follow the weather and the hurricanes and the different things. Right. And so that's why stores get wiped out at these special events. Now, some people are really prepared. Like, you know, you'll get a store manager who says, you know what, this is hurricane season. I need to, you know, get some extra whatever. 
you know what, this year, I really, my gut says we're going to get a snowstorm early. Let's get 30 snow shovels and, you know, 100 bags of salt just in case. That's a good business model if somebody's paying attention to it, but it's not always the case. But do you know, like, are they, do they have the foresight to say, hey, we're about to have a beef shortage. Hey, you know, there's big wheat issues coming out of Ukraine that they're not putting out products. Um, hey, there's a lot less corn growing because fertilizer is really expensive. These are the things that have to be taken into account. But I don't know. What yeah. are you thinking? So like you were saying, one small issue in that supply chain can screw everything up with this. So let's talk about a couple of the issues. Um, one of the major issues going on right now is that there's a shortage of, of truck drivers. Um, and... It's not, it's not really that there's a shortage of truck drivers, but there is a shortage of companies willing to pay truck drivers. Uh, in other words, cost of fuel is going up and cost of uh, vehicles, you know, trucks is going up. And they're trying to save money by paying the same amount for the, uh, for the drivers. You know, a few companies are, are paying a little bit more. And so truck drivers are leaving and leaving certain businesses you know, out of luck with, with drivers. Um, another one of the major issues is, uh, equipment availability. Like I said, with, with some of the trucks, it's not so easy to, uh, to get the parts you need for repairs and things like that. So more trucks are off the road for longer periods of time. Um, another one of the issues right now is, is, uh, ripple effects from bottlenecks. Do you remember when that ship got stuck in the Suez canal last year? Right. That caused huge issues for everybody worldwide. And it was, uh, you know, it was basically ripple effects from that. You know, any anytime um, replacement parts aren't available, that means that equipment is going to be down long, for longer periods of time. That means manufacturing is going to slow down. And it's, you know, it just causes problem after problem that cascade, uh, cascade further down the line. Yeah. The fourth... Fourth major problem is labor shortages. Now, they, they talk about, uh, you know, I see this bullshit all the time, like people don't want to work anymore and, uh, you know, nobody wants to, nobody wants to, you know, work for, for a reasonable amount of money anymore and, and that, this sort of bullshit. But the truth of the matter is right now in the United States, we have 3% unemployment. That means everybody that wants to work is working. That 3%? 99% of them are shitty, lazy people that oh, just keep getting Kevin, fired from their jobs. Kevin, that's You know really what I mean? Cool. There's that 1% of people that are that are unemployed right now that are hardworking guys that are going to find another job soon. You're not going to be lucky enough to hire that guy for $15 an hour. $15 an hour isn't enough to pay for your fucking gas to get back and forth to work, you know, let alone car payments and insurance and housing and food. People aren't going to work for $15 anymore because it, it, it's bullshit pay. It doesn't, you know, that used to be a good, good salary. It's not a good salary anymore. $15 an hour is bullshit. And well, I people want to point act out, like it's the same economy they had five years ago, but it's not. Right. Now, I have to point out Kevin's in New York where $15 is like nothing and it costs $15 to go to McDonald's. I'm just putting that out there. But yeah, I wouldn't get out of 15, bed for $15 an hour. Dude, some people here are making $8 an hour. I'm like, oh. Yeah, well. That hurts. Fucking quit that job. 
<laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm just saying anyway, it is kind of anyway, relative I, I to where you live, this, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, take it with a grain of salt, but I will say this, that the problem isn't that people aren't willing to work anymore. The problem is that there's less people working. One – you know, start off with that that middle aged woman that used to be the manager at the at the office. You know, she got three kids and she realizes her daycare is more expensive than what she makes it is. Uh, in a year. So it's more cost effective for her to stay at home. Um, that guy that's been running that that mechanic shop for thirty years and he's sixty five and he's been thinking about retiring. Guess what? He's doing it. COVID hit. He retired. You know, a lot of people left the workforce early because of that. Why are they going to yeah. stick around? you know, making half the money they would, they would have made right. that year when they can just retire on the money they've been, they've been saving up for 30 years. Right. A lot of people just decided to cut their losses and go. And I will say that Kevin is a hundred percent right on the idea that no bottom line companies are refusing to pay in relation to inflation, right? So inflation mm. is going up. Everybody's bills are going up. The companies are charging for the products but they're not paying the employees to reflect it. And that is 100% right. true everywhere. And that's exactly the point that Kevin's making is, you know, it's like, oh, I can't find any employees. Well, because you're not paying anything relative to what shit costs in reality. You know, if right. inflation, which we know is a conservative estimate, went up 8% this year or whatever the fuck they're saying it is. Because we know that's bullshit. And we know a lot of things cost more than 8% more than what they did last year. Right. Um, but, you know, chicken feed, fertilizer, everything, and then therefore it passes on. You know, believe it or not, me and Kevin laughed because I think egg a dozen eggs where Kevin lives used to cost, when I left New York, were like 250 a dozen or something. And yeah, I got even a little here, bit less than that. Yeah. And when I got here, eggs were like, 37 cents a dozen and now i'm outraged that <laughs> yeah. eggs are like a dollar 50 and kevin's like what do you mean a dollar 50 for a dozen eggs yeah shit i'm looking at four four or five dollar thing for a dozen eggs ridiculous i'm glad that i'm get, getting my own you know i like my eggs um so what are the some of the the main affected areas are are uh, well there's four main mainly affected areas that okay. kind of affect everything else uh, one is is uh, metals and mining. So one of the biggest ones is aluminum. And one of the reasons is uh, China China's efforts to reduce carbon emissions, mm. which are raising costs of aluminum and aluminum production. Uh, another one is, is uh, rising gas costs um, have reduced production in Europe. So that means Asia and Europe are reducing their their use of uh, or their uh, production of aluminum. And the third one is gas costs are causing uh, bottling companies to go with cans. Uh, you'll mm. see a lot of canned beer a um, lot more often than bottled beer because bottles are heavier than cans and cost more to ship. So that's another one of the, the main issues. So we've got some real issues with, with uh, aluminum, which is a major part of canned products like uh, you know canned beans and canned corn, things like that. So those prices are going up because of that. Another one of the major issues is uh, um, chemical costs have gone up. Uh, do you remember going to the grocery store or you, even the dollar store and you could get a gallon of bleach for, you know, like a buck fifty? 
and now you go over there and it's seven, eight dollars for a gallon of bleach. Right. You know, that's that's, that's a huge cost. That's you know, that's a huge uh increase in price for that. And it's everywhere. Um all sorts of chemicals for for your household cleaners, you know, uh rubbing alcohol. Um when the pandemic hit, those prices skyrocketed. Everybody everybody wanted to use the uh hand sanitizers and, and soap and all that bullshit. So they had to move all those products into those kinds of uh uses instead of uh you know instead of using them for everything else that they were normally used for in manufacturing and they haven't switched everything back yet right. um automotive so that's related to the semiconductor issues so there's a shortage of semiconductors which mostly come out of Taiwan and South Korea and you know Taiwan's basically under fucking lockdown with with the way China's acting right now right. and South Korea's you know they're still having issues with uh covid over there now, um, I did see a headline yesterday, hang on, that made me laugh. They had uh, Apple is demanding that Taiwan put all the products that, now, to work with me, all the products that are going to China, if they're made in Taiwan and then Apple being shipped to China, they have to say made in China. If they're made in Taiwan, right. not in Taiwan, because that's a Taiwan. dirty word in well, China. It can Can't say, even say that word. It can say made in Taiwan, part of China, and you're like, oh, <laughs> well, that's okay. That's classy. So yeah, yeah there's that's that. not fucking rude as shit to the Taiwanese yeah. people, right? And Apple's like, yeah. Now at first, like the headline I read was, you know, Apple's telling Taiwan anything made in Taiwan needs to say made in China. You know, that any Apple product they buy. But it's not really. Right. It's anything that's going to China. Because they got to keep the illusion going. Like, hey, we already own that shit. You know? But right. I, I thought that was funny. And, like, how fucked no, up that is, we that, that, that we accept that shit? Yeah, that's okay with us, right? Who, who's okay with that? You know what I mean? I, I guess nobody really gives a fuck. I guess well, you and I are the only money. people that really think that's mm-hmm. fucked up. But what are you going to do? Um, The New York Times just ran a headline that said a normal supply chain is unlikely in 2022. Now, things are getting better slowly, but we're not we're not back in back in business the way we were in, uh, you know, 2015. So. So hypothetically, by the end of 2022, things should be looking a little bit better. Things should be starting easing a little bit, but there's still going to be major shortages that, you know, we kind of do this podcast. One of the things we think about is, is what are the best items to stock up on, you know, try and kind of preempt, be preemptive with, with some of this stuff and save some, some guys some money, you know, going out and buying a bunch of, a bunch of shit that's going to be cheaper next year. You know, that's just a waste of money. But if you're looking at what's going to be more expensive next year, um, you know, those are the things you want to focus on. And, uh, you know, some of the things right now that uh, you might want to might want to steer clear of stocking up on um, eggs, which, you know, you can freeze eggs. But the truth is, if you're making your own eggs, if you've got your own chickens, you're in the best best position for that. Um, don't stock up on baby formula because that's, no. you know, those prices are through the roof right now. Still, that was an issue you know, six months, a year ago, and it's still an issue now. And it doesn't seem like it's going to get better in the next six months. 
So really, we should um, just stop having can, babies. Yeah, stop. Yeah. Yeah, just keep your dick in your pants. Behave yourself. You know? Use a condom, pull out, whatever you got to do. I don't know. I'm not trying to dictate your business, but just be well, conscientious what if you're, where you put that. What thing. if you're breeding little capitalists? Then we want to keep that going? Or little libertarians? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, that's what Elon Musk is doing. He's building his own basketball team, I guess. I don't okay. know. Uh, another another one that's going up is paper goods, um, you know, paper plates, paper towels, uh, that sort of stuff. So, I mean, the idea is that things are things are going to get it more expensive, but they're not going to get more expensive at an equal rate. Um, mm-hmm. Some things are going to go up a lot faster and a lot higher than other things. Uh, and it's and you know, one of the products that we're talking about right now, uh, it's in the news a lot, is is meat products. You know, meat. If you go to the grocery store right now, meat prices are not as high as as right. they were, you know? Right. They've gone down quite a bit, but is that is that here to stay? Right. What do you think, well, Chuck? Are we so, are we in so for good long term? My take, my take on beef, all right? Now, I posted a um, a, a, a article about a coming beef shortage and I I, I actually put a, a video out there about it. And everyone was like, no, I work in the, the auction houses and, and I work in the slaughterhouses and I'm seeing the exact opposite. We're getting so much beef in right now, we can't even handle it. Well, there's a reason you're getting so much beef in right now. And that's the problem. This is why it's on the shelf right now, but you should be raising an eyebrow and kind of worried about, hey, what's my meat supply going to look like in the future? You know, I'm thinking about, you know, you know, always rabbits and whatever. Um, but I've actually ordered cages and found a supplier and I'm moving forward with it because I am worried about the beef prices. Now, the reason I say this is because out west, we're having all kinds of drought issues um, in the Texas area. And the drought issues are making it where they have to produce all this water for the the cows and being able to get it out and get it to the animals is getting expensive. Um, fuel for doing things is expensive. Fertilizer, all kinds of feed and grain and corn, the prices are going through the roof. And where that's going to affect you long term is they're not going to have feed for the cattle. So the reason that the auction houses and the slaughterhouses are full of cows is because everybody's like, fuck it, I got to get rid of these things because I'm not going to be able to afford to keep feeding them. So people are really thinning out their supply. And that's where it becomes an issue. That's where you need to, you know, start. You need to look at the cause and effect of things and see a little bit further down the road. And it's not just with, uh, you know, with cattle and, and things like that. With everything... Look at the long-term consequences. You know, everything kind of goes in stages and it's cyclical. And that's what you need to be aware of. You need to see that, you know, one thing has an effect on the next thing. And you just need to be aware of how that shit plays out. Right, right. So, I mean, it it is one of those things that you might want to... uh... You might want to you might want to stock up, fill that freezer up. You know, I don't know what to tell you. You know, as 
far as that goes long term, you know, unless you're going to go out and spend $500 on beef, unless you're going to get a, uh, you know, half a cow or a quarter of a cow right now and stock your freezer, uh, you might just be in bad luck. But I mean, you really should think about spending a little bit of money now to save some some more money in the future. Um, the <laughs> the other the other major shortage right now apparently is tampons. I right. have not noticed that there's been a, a increase no. in cost and a shortage uh, of you know I don't use a whole lot, but um, I guess there's a lot of COVID COVID related staffing shortages is the what they are saying is the cause of this. Um, I think it was it Marjorie Taylor Greene that was blaming trannies. Oh, I don't know a whole lot about transsexuals, but I, as far as I know, they don't have periods, and I, I don't think you have to worry about. Um, the massive arm armies of uh, transsexuals going to the store and buying up all the tampons. I'm not not sure on this. Send your hate mail to uh, preppingbadass at gmail.com. Let me all know right. what the real facts real facts of the matter are. But um, that is there is going to be uh, cost increases there, and it might be one of the one of the things that either you want to uh, you want to do a little bit of price shopping, comparison shopping before you go out and uh, spend all your money on on tampons. You know, try and try and reduce your flow. So maybe this is a great way to uh, your flow. segment back into saying don't use the condoms because, uh, you know, maybe oh, you should be you having the save babies on save on nine yeah. of those periods. And instead you're uh, paying for uh, baby uh, diapers and every other damn thing. Right. And formula um, that you can't get. What it, What is it they call? They have the, the little menstrual cup thing, the little... Period. Uh, oh, yeah. That, they, they have those for the prep. I don't know how that works, and I don't want to know how it works. It seems gross, but I, I knew, know people that, that use that, apparently. It's a it's a thing. Um, well, Kevin, you got to think of the planet. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to tell you a disgusting story. All right. What do you got? I knew this girl that did. I did. I knew this girl that did use that, that menstrual okay. cup. And. She worked in an office full of women, and they were very concerned about the environment. Mm. So they would use – they would empty their menstrual cups into the potted plants in the office yes. as, as like fertilizer. So it was like a double yes. use, you know, save on a little bit of water, save on a little bit of fertilizer, give it to the plants. It, I don't – I can't give you any information on whether or not that worked better or if it killed the plants. I don't know what was going on it there. sounds horrible. Um, and terrifying was something that I was very interested in unlearning, but now you guys <laughs> know that and you can store that information in your brain. So yeah, so there's going to be some issues. There's going to be some issues coming up. And a lot of the reason of the, uh, of the um, shortages, a lot of the reason of the cost increases, a lot of the reason for the inflation is for, the massive use in just-in-time manufacturing. You right. know, it was the use of this that caused a lot of these issues. There wasn't any uh, backup supplies of stuff. And, um, you know, I can guarantee that companies are going to go right back to using this as soon as they can uh, because it does save money. So um, hopefully we can get through this issue, and then the next time we have this same supply issue, it's going to be the same nightmare. Right. All right. So you're saying that things history actually could repeat itself. Yeah, I mean it always does, right? 
it always does. We're always going to have some sort of issue with this. And, you know, we're lucky that we live in the United States. Um, in the fact, the fact that uh, the matter is that I can go and maybe I can't get the brand of something I want, but right. I can get something that's comparable. You know, I can right. get the in-store brand. I can get the, you know, whatever off-brand uh, item. And, right. you know, that's, that's great. You know, a lot of stuff, uh, you know, like juice, apple juice and orange juice and butter and shit like that. I can get it, you know, I can get it. You know, maybe not the actual brand I like, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to starve to death. But that's not the case in a lot of places in the world. Um, you know, and here's here's another thing that's been pissing me off lately. I've been seeing a lot of motherfuckers running these uh, ads about, you know, like puppies and, you know, this puppy's going to be put down and these kittens and dogs. And you got to you got to go to the shelter and save these animals and and all this bullshit. And listen, I feel bad for these puppies, too. You know, they're cute. They're cute. You know what's not cute? A uh, 30-year-old guy in Africa that's that's starving to death because he's trying to give all the food he can to his kids. You know, people are starving to death in the world. People are dying. And you're worried about donating to the Humane Society, you know, to save a couple of puppies. Fuck those dogs. There's actual but, people but starving furry. to death. They're furry. I know they're, they're so cute, soft. right? They look like little babies. Yeah, they're so how, cute. How they're say little no fuzzy, to that furry face? Yeah. My no, wife fuck those dogs. Now mind you, we've already got two dogs. And my wife yesterday mm-hmm. is like, you know, the shelter's overflowing. You know that we need to go and, and take yeah. another one. And I'm like, no, we don't. Yeah. That's the whole thing. I'll help and I would I would love to like help those shelter shelters out. You know, I've got a claw hammer upstairs and I will go over there and I will smash all those puppies' heads in if they want. If they've got too many dogs, I will help you out. There are actual people starving to death, and people are concerned about these poor puppies being put down. I, I think eight people just hit unsubscribe right now. They just, like, deleted the podcast, and yeah. we'll never hear another yeah. word I, from you. That's fine. That's fine. Be pissed off. Send your hate mail to me. I, I love it. I feed off of that hate mail. Preppingbadass at gmail.com. Send me your hate mail. I love that I, shit. It's like, uh, it's like the dark side of the force. It just feeds me. But, you know, I mean, the fact of the matter is just because you don't see people that are starving to death doesn't mean people aren't starving to death. It's happening a lot right now, and it's Dude, happening in a lot of places all over the world. That That's one of the big lessons that I try and teach my kids over and over again. Like, they'll be like, oh, I had to, you know, go out in the middle of the thunderstorm and go get the dog and whatever. And I'm like, people first. You have to understand right. That people come before the animals and we love our dog Mm -hmm. and we take care of our dog, but you don't run in front of a car to get the dog and get you hit to push him out of the way. That's not how the world should work. People come first and dude, it's yeah. And I understand, you know, I mean, you're like, oh, well, that person might grow up to be a Muslim. So should we even help him anyway? That that's not really good logic on that one. All right, yeah, that's not, that's that's not, not you, exactly that the sound right. the sound argument. Um, maybe mm. you could kind of hey, let's go spread love. Now, if you yeah. are like the missionary who's like, yeah, I want to go to the cannibals and get them straight, mm. and they just eat you. I mean, I guess you're helping people in a way if you're bringing them a meal, you know. But yeah, that's right. 
That's right, feeding the people there of the world. There is a time, you know. There is a time. If you're going to do that sort of thing, helped. at least be fat, you know. Yeah, be fat. All right. Mm-hmm. So there's a time when people don't want to be helped, and that's okay too. You can just let them be. But yeah, mm-hmm. it would be nice if we could all be a little kinder, a little. You know what? Maybe we need the prepping badass T-shirt that says "People First. I, I choose people. Fuck your dog. <laughs> I mean, don't, I don't get me wrong. They might read Chuck that just, wrong. Chuck though. just said they that might... guy might, that kid might grow up to be a Muslim, but that dog you save might grow up to piss on your couch, like <laughs> happened to me last <laughs> week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I could go not all dogs way, are huh? good dogs. Right. You know. Uh, it's an ugly world. Kevin, why are you so filled with hate? I'm just, I'm just enraged. All, all week long, I spend, I spend, you know, day in, day out, just being angry at everybody and everything. But I mean, what are you going to do? That's just how life is. And you chose to support us by listening to this podcast. So you should apologize to yourself. Um, mm-hmm. Now, maybe you're thinking, hey. I think I should go get one of those stay strapped or get clapped t-shirts over at preppingbadass.com. Mm. Just saying. That'd be a good idea. That's something you might be interested in. You just click on gear and see what we got. But otherwise, I would say stay safe. And you have questions, concerns, comments, email Kevin. You got some hate mail. Preppingbadass at gmail.com. Otherwise, stay safe and we'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Mm.